0: I'm with Braylon and Aaron. It's your MC Josh, and he ain't failing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That was a fail. (laughs) Kick it off.
0: We're going. We're going. Introduce it. Wait, we're going? Welcome,
1: everybody. Thank you for coming to this week's episode. We're so grateful to have you. We have our good, 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 good friend Josh with us today. Um, Josh is in me and Aaron's ward. And he lives right next to Aaron. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some really fun things today.
2: We're so pumped to have Josh on the podcast for real. Josh, honestly, I don't think I've ever told you this before. You remind me a lot of like my best friend growing up. Super like dry sense of humor, <laughs> but like yes. Is that a compliment? <laughs> really, really <laughs> hilarious. It's, it's, it's awesome. So Josh, are you a junior or senior or what are you?
0: Junior and senior,
2: I have three semesters left. So. There we go, junior and senior. So he's studying experiment design. Experience design. Experience design, <laughs> gosh, it! <Daniel. laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the correction. Um, so yeah, Josh is a stud. We're going to talk about a couple of different things this episode, and we're going to turn it over to him to define these real quick. Um, but I wanted to give a little shout out to his social. Um, you could put your personal social on here if you want to, but him and one of my current roommates right now have this channel called Roommate Versus. With 500 plus subscribers on YouTube. How many subscribers do you have on TikTok?
0: There's like 80 something. 80K. Yeah,
2: 80,000 subscribers. So go look up Roommate Versus on TikTok, YouTube. The description is vlogger prankster trick shots. What you want, (laughs) I deliver.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's pretty
2: awesome. It's pretty awesome. And Josh just recently tried out for the BYU football team as a punter. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But that's something cool. A lot of their videos are about kick and field goals and punting and and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty awesome. But this episode is going to be all about um, OCD, specifically scrupulosity and relationship OCD. So we wanted to turn it over to you, Josh, real quick to just give us maybe a couple of definitions of whatever words you feel like we need to know that we're going to be talking about throughout this episode. Because they are lesser known things nowadays.
0: Okay. Let's talk about OCD first and what it is. In OCD, you have, so it's obsessive compulsive disorder. And so you have intrusive thoughts or feelings that come and they're so incredibly uncomfortable that you'll do whatever you can to relieve that anxiety. And so that's the obsession is like those intrusive thoughts and the weight or the significance you put on those thoughts and feelings and then the compulsion is what you do to relieve that anxiety and Mm. so a compulsion it's your safety behavior but the problem with that is it trains your brain that whatever that obsession is is a real threat Mm. and so then it causes more anxiety the compulsion does relieve anxiety but only temporary Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's a cycle and just keeps going and going and going and a lot of people think that ocd is specific to germs or organization, but as we'll learn later in the episode, there's different topics that it can really, really cling on to, like religion or relationships. Mm.
2: Yeah, I I love that. Would you mind just briefly explaining, because we're going to be talking about, I mean, the word scrupulosity, Mm -hmm. which is OCD, but it's more specific. So maybe if you just wanted to find just really quickly scrupulosity specifically and then relationship OCD as
0: well. Mm -hmm. So scrupulosity, that's religious OCD. And how I would describe it is you have an obsession of living your religion perfectly and you kind of fear God, you fear punishment. And so you do, you take whatever the commandment there is and kind of, how do you say it? Take it to the extreme. Hmm to make sure that you're living perfectly so that you aren't going to be judged, you're not going to be damned, that kind of thing. But you're always self-critical and you're always trying to be perfect that you end up – you don't have room for God's mercy because you're worshiping a God that you fear, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's
1: interesting. I wonder if it's, like, prevalent in more – like, not just Christian religions, but, like – religions around the world. That'd be interesting to look up after this. It would be. Yeah.
2: So that's, that's scrupulosity. And then let's jump to relationship OCD and then we can jump into your background after Mm -hmm.
0: that. So relationship OCD, that's, I think many people know what relationship anxiety is, but for example, relationship OCD, it can hold on to like, Oh, is my partner perfect? Are they, did they misunderstand what I meant or what I shared? And Mm. then you have to, That compulsion. So if you have that obsession, which I have had, where like, oh, did I say the wrong thing, causes tons of anxiety and discomfort. And so then that compulsion is to ask, hey, did I say the, did I offend you or did I hurt you or whatnot? Mm -hmm. But the problem is, it just keeps going on and on and on. And so that's an example of how relationship OCD affects you. But it's just in relationships. You're so obsessed with the relationship being perfect that you have control of the situation and the outcome. Mm,
1: yeah! Wow! <laughs> I'm gonna get deep today, folks. Let's do it. Let's do it. Dang. Okay, so let's start off with. Wait. First of all, I want to tell a story. Um, Josh was assigned to be my ministering brother. Him and his. Friend Tyler, and then from there we just from roommate versus Tyler, same Tyler. Roommate versus Tyler, and Josh. Just to tell you a little bit who he is as a person, I was like struggling really bad. I don't think you can actually understand to this day how bad I was struggling, and he he sent this message to me of him and Tyler and like arrows. Like it was like a text message. It was like, it was so cute. Uh, (laughs) Introducing them, and the next day I was like, "Hey, can I get a blessing?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." And and he's like, "Today?" And I was like, "Sure." Like I in between classes, he's like, "We're on it." And so he came over with Oreos, so sweet. And I just looked in my notes the other day, and I wrote down like some of the things that he said in there, and it's kind of been like a motivation for me. Like, it's just kind of turned my life around. So I just want to hmm. say thank you, Josh. And that just tells you who Josh is Josh is a real, and real man. Who <laughs> thank he is you. as a person, yeah. Yeah. Like, just service-oriented.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. But
1: let's get into this episode. First of all, we want to start off with kind of your family, your family background. Like, who's consisted in your family what your home kind of looked like, especially in a gospel sense. Like, did you guys do FHE? Did you guys read scriptures together? Did you go to church every week? Like, were your parents very religious? Were you able to talk and be open with your parents about religious topics or doubts or anything like that? So, kay. let's get into it.
0: Let's do it. To start off, I was born in uh, Provo, Utah. <laughs> My parents were both at uh, BYU. Brother Brigham's <laughs>
2: university.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad's actually a convert to the church, uh, but my mom, she grew up in it. And when I was one, my family moved to Oregon, and my mom grew up there. We have a ton of family there. And
1: so your entire life, you had yeah. to say you were born in Provo.
0: Yeah, exactly, because I lived here until I was one. <laughs> but in Oregon, my grandparents, they live just da- across the, the city. We have cousins that live across the street multiple cousins that live in the same city as us and so my family's always hung out with our extended family and my grandparents and i have seven siblings that's know. awesome i don't know if you guys where do that you, where do you no, fit
2: in where do you know fit that. in in those seven siblings i'm the third oldest okay
0: i know so both my older siblings graduated from byu and my sister got married last year my brother got married two years ago
2: so talk a little bit about like your upbringing when it comes to like church matters things like that like was Scripture study, a a consistent thing, family home evening, stuff
0: like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did, you know, as much as uh, parents of eight kids can get. (laughs) We did FHE every week. We did scripture study as often as we could. Went to church every week. Um, The gospel is something that's very important to my family, my parents, especially because my dad grew up in an alcoholic home. Mm -hmm. And it was his his dad, my grandpa, and when he was about 15, the missionaries knocked on his door and he started talking to them and they invited him to church and he said he couldn't go. And then my grandma was like, why couldn't you go? And he's like, I don't have a suit. And so then my grandma bought it, brought him to the store to get him a suit. And I've talked to her about it. She's not a member, but she said anything that could have given my son, so my dad, stability mm-hmm. and like put him on a good path then she was supportive of that and so because my dad was very you know grew up in an unstable home and joined the church he very committed to living the gospel because he knows the difference that
1: the opposite
0: yeah exactly exactly
2: that's super interesting my dad was also a convert actually when he was 19 probably around the same age your dad was That's that's super cool yeah that's awesome let's um Let's dive into more of the mental health side. So take us back as far as you feel like you need to, but to the beginning of your mental health journey. Let's just start at the beginning
0: and kind of go from there. Okay. When I was nine, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. My stomach started hurting really bad and my dad noticed it. My mom also has Crohn's disease. And so that was another thing that they were kind of skeptical because I stopped growing. Mm. And so did tons and tons of tests and I got diagnosed when I was nine. What Crohn's disease is, it's an inflammatory bowel disease. So essentially my my immune system is super strong, but to the point where it's dumb and starts attacking its own body. So my immune system attacks my intestines and stomach and esophagus and stuff like that and creates ulcers. So I have to take immunosuppressant medicine so my immune system isn't as strong so it doesn't attack my body.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: And so it's interesting because it stunted my growth. I was very, very short. I had to take growth hormone for almost a decade. Going into sophomore year of high school, I was 4'11". Holy cow. Oh my gosh. I did wrestling uh, sophomore year of high school and I weighed 95 pounds. Holy cow. So it it was insane. I remember going into freshman year of high school i wanted to try out to be the goalie for the soccer team but i mean i was you know probably four ten, 9 maybe who knows <laughs> and then the coach was like yeah maybe you should play a different position and that really irked me so i was like all right i'm gonna quit the team and join a rec team and practice goalie as much as i can to be so much better yeah. because I was like just because I'm smaller I got I didn't get was, I wasn't given an opportunity That's
1: sports for yeah.
0: <laughs> and so it just shows that because of my physical limitations I was very very determined to not let it affect me if mm. that makes sense mm. and to say that I could do it even though I was short even though I had Crohn's and stuff like that I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. The prove you wrong kind of mentality. Interesting. But looking back, I realized that while that mentality was good and I didn't become just like complacent and like, oh, my life sucks kind of thing, I really focused on needing to be in control of the outcome and wanting to influence the outcome because there's always something I could do about it. And it was really difficult for me to learn how to just accept life and be okay with it not being the way that i planned it to be
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. so you recognize that now did you back
0: then Mm, no i back then i just thought i'm doing the right thing because i'm not letting my situation determine who i'm gonna be
1: which is not Mm. a bad thing yeah inherently it's not bad yeah to have that mindset okay
0: exactly exactly and so then went to school don't worry. I'm 5'10 now, everybody. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> is,
2: Josh is taller than me.
0: Ooh, it's that growth hormone. I need to get some. I look back. Sometimes I missed the doses. I had to take it every day, and I'm just like, man, if I had taken it every day, I might have been, been. I know. I, maybe I would have been six foot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad I got taller. But it's cool because the mentality that I developed, now when I play sports, my body's caught up to everyone else, but my mentality is still, like, I'm the scrappy little kid, and Mm, so I'm a lot more aggressive.
1: So does that really affect your mental health as well? Mm. Just kind of having, well, I just think about if you're taking hormones, that's messing up your balance.
0: You know, that's something I haven't really thought of, but the Crohn's very much did affect my mental health, because my Crohn's was really bad, and so it would be whenever I would have it flare up, it would mm-hmm. hurt really, really bad. my stomach would hurt, and I just was like, "Get these feelings away. I don't want the pain, push everything away mm-hmm. and anxiety, my anxiety would get bad, and then you feel all that in your gut, and so yeah. it was a really bad combo mm-hmm. because I have a gut disease, but then I also have that anxiety thats felt in your gut.
1: Oh, gosh. So you were
0: not dealing with all of this.
1: Uh-huh. Holy
0: crap. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so keep taking us through, like, a little bit of school life, mm-hmm. um, maybe your relationships with your friends, things like that. How did all these things affect you as you were growing up?
0: I think they affected me pretty minimally because of the mindset that I had mm-hmm. of I'm not going to let it mess my life up, determine what I can do. And so I would do most everything with my friends and stuff, but the times when my Crohn's would be the reason why I couldn't do stuff, it was very, very frustrating because I was like, I just wanna be a normal kid, you know, I wanna be able to do all these different things. Were
1: your parents pretty involved with your struggle through Crohn's? Yeah,
0: because my mom has it, and so she told me everything that I should eat and took care of me whenever my Crohn's is bad and all these different things. Mm. Went to all of my doctor's appointments with me.
1: Mm. Support a mama. Yep. We love mamas. Um, So from your Crohn's, you said you developed this anxiety. Mm -hmm. When you were getting into high school and then decided to serve a mission, stuff like that, do you think that contributed it as well? Or like how was that process in general, not even just
0: with your mental health? Yeah. In high school, I... Looking back, I realized I had ADHD. I had no idea that I had it until recently, but it was something where it would be frustrating. All my friends, they would be studying and able to memorize all these things and sit down and focus and I was just, I kinda had to fake it Mm -hmm. because I'd say I'm intelligent, I'm smart, but I had to pretend like I didn't care. The reason why I got good grades without studying is because I didn't care. I was just kind of one of those kids. But in reality, it was just like, I just couldn't focus. Yeah, And so that also affected me on the mission, which I'll get to. But going on a mission, the decision to go on a mission was more of kind of like, it's an expectation. You're going to do it. Not that anyone was telling me, but it's like, you had to go on a mission. Mm -hmm. So I came to a summer term here at BYU. And then I decided to put in my papers And got called to uh, Ogden, Utah. Yeah. Mm, Utah missions,
1: baby. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it was awesome. But on the mission, I didn't realize that I had ADHD. So that affected me really intensely. It was so hard to keep a schedule, super hard for me to study. Like, I honestly don't think I did a whole complete hour of study. Like, I, I don't think. I did a complete hour of study my entire mission. Yeah. And I just, you know, always thought that it was me, that I wasn't obedient enough, I wasn't trying hard enough and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I was like, I don't even think that's something that you could be hard on yourself about. Because I feel like I've, I can't
0: focus that well. You I'm study sorry. a lot on the mission too. <laughs> yeah. like that's a
2: big part of your day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Study and so I just kind of had to, you know, BS it. I was just like faking it until yeah. I made it and making sure nobody knew that I didn't know how to study or whatnot. Yeah. And then on the mission, my anxiety, looking back, it's anxiety. I had no idea what it was, but it was really bad. It was the need to be perfect, the need to follow the rules on the mission. It's like exact obedience brings miracles, mm-hmm. which, you know, obedience brings blessings. That's a good model for somebody that needs to be motivated. But for somebody that is motivated – and has scrupulosity, yeah. that's just that just triggers you because all you think is, if I'm not exactly obedient, then that means that I'm doing something wrong. And so there's so many times on the mission where I would beat myself up for, oh, I didn't study for this hour, I didn't get up on time, I didn't go to bed on time, I didn't do X, Y, or Z. It's something wrong with me. And just adds up and adds up and then you look at your companion and you're like whoa why you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong mm-hmm. and then when you bring stuff up afterwards you feel bad because it's like well you're not perfect either mm. and then, and it's like you just feel like your companion isn't trying hard enough or you blame it yourself on the effort that you're not that you're giving in that's not good enough
1: mm-hmm. so do you think your scrupulosity developed on your mission or do you think you had it before
0: i I definitely had it before Mm -hmm. i think it just got worse i mean you're
1: 24 7 dedicated to the lord yeah church is your life it's not just something you do on sundays or
0: study every day yes where
2: did where did you notice it before the mission in your life
3: Mm,
0: here's one example so i have this friend that she posted a picture on instagram of her in a bikini boom triggered scrupulosity i unfollowed her and then she was like why'd you unfollow me and then i didn't say anything but it was because of that scrupulosity was like you have a friend that wore a bikini like you're gonna go to hell like mm. what are you doing why would you hang out with somebody like that why would you be affiliated with somebody like that and that was just one example but yeah interesting. it's wild yeah.
2: that's that's intense that's intense i mean everybody has their different opinions of of church standards and i'm sure there's there's a there's a wide spectrum of adherence to specific standards of the church but like that's 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 on the extreme end for sure mm-hmm. did exactly. you recognize it for that back then or what did you No. did you just feel like you were following exactly what god yeah, wanted you to do exactly god. exactly
1: mm-hmm. interesting so it, on your mission how did it how did it come forth other
0: than your conversations with your parents? Ooh, I think a lot of it really came on the studying, constantly working, making sure that you're not wasting, you know, there's, it talks An about like, time. yes, yeah. exactly. And it's I was like, oh that. my goodness, that is the worst thing you can say to someone with scrupulosity. Yeah. And so constantly always felt like I wasn't good enough or I was doing something wrong because I wasn't perfect at it. And so every day it's like I would beat myself up for not studying the right way or not studying long enough or not planning for an investigator like I should have or weekly planning. I felt like something with scrupulosity as well is you have, it, it convinces you, the anxiety convinces you that you have to study longer or study in a better way to make up for it? To make up for it, mm-hmm. or to kind of be presentable before God. Mm. Interesting. So you said,
2: sorry, you want to go over here, you Yeah, go?
1: which in reality is not the atonement, right? Correct. It's not mercy. It's not grace. It's not anything that Christ expects of us. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And you, and you said you would beat yourself up mm-hmm. for not... Maintaining this extremely high standard that yep. you had set for yourself due to scrupulosity, what did that look like? When you say you beat yourself up, was it mental thoughts? Was it did you have a did you did your motivation drop? Was it did it affect the work? Like what did beating mm, yourself up that's look good like? Good question.
0: Very much mentally beat myself up like not good enough, not perfect. Why are you struggling with this? You're not trying hard enough. You don't care hard and en- you don't care enough. And then it would also turn on to, like, my companions will. They're not trying hard enough. If they were trying harder, then this would be better kind of thing.
1: Hmm. Do – so you're huge. If you know Josh, you'll have one conversation with him, <laughs> and you know he loves therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So when did your therapy journey start? Did it start on your mission, or did you – yeah.
0: Great question. No, it didn't. I, I kind of wish it did. Because, you know, on the mission- Like to help you yeah, work Yeah, to help me. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize I had anxiety mm-hmm. until recently. So last fall, fall of 2021, I got in a relationship and then just, I started getting anxious all the time. Like, oh, if I woke up and I didn't get a text from her, is she okay? What did I say? What did I do wrong? Mm. Like, so that's kind of that relationship OCD aspect. But then also, too, things she did, like, oh, she listened to explicit music or wore a bikini or something like that. That would trigger that scrupulosity. And I actually broke up with her on Halloween because my anxiety was so bad. It was like, oh, she's wearing this, like, shirt that she cut sleeves out of, and I can see her bra or something like that. It's like, oh, or she's listening to this music or hanging out with these friends, like – every single thing and it just piled up and I did not know what was going on. Mm. And it was just very, very unhealthy. And I just thought like, oh, well, it must be her, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't have these feelings before I started dating her to oh, that extreme. yeah. And so then I broke up with her and then my mom started researching OCD and she was telling me about it. I was like, wow, that's exactly what my brain does the scrupulosity and the relationship OCD. And so then at the beginning of this year, I started going to therapy. Well, actually the end of last year, I started going to therapy, started with a therapist, didn't really work out. Started with another ther- therapist, didn't really work out. And I started with the therapist I currently have. And he just really focused on your survival brain, what mm. keeps you, you know, says what's dangerous and what's a fear and what's not. Working on that to quiet that down because that's where your anxiety comes mm. from, and that's helped a lot. But this is something that is very, very important to note: is with OCD, talk therapy does not help. Mm. Because if someone has really? Oc- yeah, if someone has OCD, they're going to seek validation.
3: Mm.
0: Let's say, for example, I have to. I feel the need to lock and unlock the door, the front door five times just to make sure that it's locked. Okay, that might relieve my anxiety. Then I go to my bedroom and the anxiety comes back and then I ask my roommate, hey, did you check the front door? I'm not asking that because of, oh, did you check the front door? I just want to make sure it's my anxiety is super high. I need to act out on that that safety behavior to relieve my anxiety Mm -hmm. and that's what talk therapy does is if you start talking about stuff then they'll ask you questions but the problem is is it's just reassuring your ocd it just exacerbates the problem yep wow exactly (laughs) that's crazy exactly so the the most effective therapy for ocd is called exposure response prevention Mm mm-hmm have, you guys have heard of it? Mm-mm. Okay. Explain it to the rest of us. Yeah, I'll explain no it. Us. Are you ready, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Essentially, you have an exposure which mimics whatever your obsession or that intrusive thought or feeling is. So you're intentionally creating situations where that anxiety spikes. Mm. It's extreme extreme, un- uncomfortable position. Exactly. Exactly. So... Let's say, for example, like the bikini thing. Mm -hmm. It would be an exposure would be listening to myself saying like, oh, my girlfriend's wearing a bikini like and just over and over again and have that create that anxiety. And the response prevention is not acting out on that safety behavior, not acting out on the behavior that reduces the anxiety, but sitting through it until your body naturally regulates itself.
2: What is what does that safety behavior look like in that specific situation of you see your girlfriend wearing something that's not modest enough to your
0: standard or the church's standard? Um, Well, I think first it's hard because with OCD, moderate enough to like the church's standard or certain standard, it's it's all blurred. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really hard to be like, oh, that's the church's standard or that's not, or like, okay, they have a temple recommend, but are they doing X, Y, and Z? But the safety behavior would be, like, talking about, like, um, why are you wearing that? Like, mm. I don't think you should, like, all this stuff. So it comes off very controlling, right? Yeah. And that's that's kind of what, what happens with it is you want to be in control and you tell people what they can and can't do to relieve your anxiety, but then it comes off as being very controlling. Yeah. So
1: then you just sit through that? Yeah. Anxiety? Yeah, it's horrible. And you- <laughs> <laughs> And you don't, like, talk
0: about it? Um, like, that's a thinking, good question.
1: Like, when I went to therapy, it was me and Durjo, right here. Like, that mm-hmm. was us. So, is your therapist in the room while you're going through this anxiety?
0: Um, yeah, so... Okay. But this is, like, specialized OCD therapists. Okay. And I, my therapist isn't a specialized OCD therapist. But I know from what people have said that... It's it's less of, I think that therapist is there to make sure to, make sure you don't act out on that safety behavior or at to at least delay, your compulsion, so that over time you're able, to not act out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: I get that.
2: So you said earlier, I believe you said earlier that your scrupulosity led to your relationship OCD. When did you become aware of all this stuff?
0: Hmm. Like all the OCD stuff. Yeah. When did, yeah. Because did... you
1: went on your mission. Mm-hmm. You kind of had this issue. You came home from your mission. I'm guessing you still kind of went through it. You mm-hmm. kinda were dealing with it, and then you got into this relationship. Recently, yes. 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 And then you started to go to therapy. Yeah, when,
2: when were when were you able to identify it for what it was?
0: It was the end of last year, beginning of this year, after I I broke up. And my mom was like, hey, this is OCD. Have you ever thought about this? And then I'm, that's when it all started. And then because it, it perfectly described my situation. And there's Dr. McClendon is her name. And she is a member of the church and the one of the best scrupulosity therapists. But she wrote an article that I'll pull up and read the introduction. She wrote an article talking about scrupulosity, and I think that it's a really good resource to to see if you have it—not necessarily confirm that you have it, but to see if any of this resonates with you. To try
1: and work through. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Interesting.
0: I feel like
1: we haven't t- we haven't touched on it a lot, but kind of more of I feel like this is one a common thing among religions to be not obsessed but to be perfect right not just our religion but multiple islamic Mm -hmm. belief Mm -hmm. christians i know tons of baptists and catholics who are just very not obsessed but very focused on trying to be the best version they can and there comes a point where it's good and there comes a point where it's like too much it's like Mm -hmm. It's yes. worse when you're trying to get to this like level of perfection that can never be reached in yes. this life. Let's just start off with that. Can't mm-hmm. be reached. But there's a fine line between this is too much and this mm-hmm. is this is you're trying to be better every single week, every single day. Yes. And so I think that differentiation is important to note. I don't know, am I wrong? I don't know
0: a lot about Yeah, this, no, yeah, that's great. I think my mom said it to my said to my brother a long time ago. He's she was like, You need to care more, and then says to me and my sister, you need to care less. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like something my mom would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny though because you think about it, scrupulosity, you care so much, which is not bad. It's good to care, but it becomes detrimental. You're not worshiping a merciful God.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think it's kind of that balance. If you're somebody that is struggling with things and struggling to find that motivation, then really praying and seeking that help, seeking Christ's help to be motivated and to make the changes you need. But then if you have scrupulosity, it's to seek that help to make the changes you need to care less. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Where if somebody wears a bikini, they're not damned. Yeah. Like it's okay to mess up. That's why we're here to mess up and to learn. And I think it's that finding, finding that balance, if that makes sense.
1: Well, cause it also sounds like, because I talk about this a lot, everything is very, maybe this is very bad for me to think, but I think <laughs> it, um, Everything, especially in the gospel, is very much up to you and up to your decisions and what you interpret things as, right? Mm -hmm. We do have some standards on how the brethren would like us to, like, who have received revelation from God of this is the direction, right? But there's also, like, this personal revelation aspect. That one, this is your life. So you can live your religion the way that you want and no one should be able to have that kind of dictatorship of it right but Mm -hmm. there's also this there's commandments that you need to follow yes and there's commandments that you should be following and Mm -hmm. here's some guidelines to some of these commandments and some of these other ones not not too crazy like you can figure it out but it's also how can i be close to god yeah that's your goal with religion in general Mm -hmm. how can i be close to god Do I, and my standards of how I can be close to God may not be the same as my roommates. Yes. You know, I feel like I need to really, this way is how I can be so close to God. But she thinks that if I do that, it's not enough. So, but that's her relationship with God. That's a personal connection. And she talked with studied investigated with god this is how i need to do it Mm -hmm. because i need to feel the spirit more in this way you know i don't don't know if i'm totally off the marker totally sacrilegious but (laughs) that's just kind of how i think about these things
2: well i I think it's a good point you have to find an individual balance because everybody is their own individual you have to find that individual balance about your interpretation of certain things because it isn't all just black and white and you have to do what you feel is right and what you feel like is best.
1: And I think that's the point, right? Like, agency was given to us. Mm-hmm. When it is all black and white, especially in the church, that's not agency. That's I, why
2: That's why we don't follow the law of Moses anymore. Yeah, <laughs> The 600 and however many commandments that the Sadducees and Pharisees followed, like, step by step. Because the Lord, the Savior, has said that it's about the heart. Yeah. yeah the condition our heart is in. We're the direction of our life is going, we're returning to in mm-hmm. times of trouble and distress. But I feel like in Josh's scenario, what you just said is super paradoxical because when you're struggling with a commandment, we're always told, reach out to God, try harder. Yep, yep. And in your case, it's mm-hmm. reach out to God to help you to not try as hard because it's
0: detrimental to your life pretty yep. much. Exactly. How do
1: you navigate that, that's hard.
0: Uh, It's still something that I'm learning for sure. I think a point that I've really kind of adopted and I think I would recommend people think is if you have scrupulosity, or not just scrupulosity, but to even be thinking about these things shows that you care. Mm. That's a good point to make. And for me personally, scrupulosity has been kind of like a safety of if I keep doing these things, then that makes sure that means that I will always care about the commandments, care about following God because I'm always beating myself up that I'm not doing good enough. Yeah. It's my life has improved so much since I started going to therapy and taking meds and working on the OCD. It's it's harder, I feel like, to live the commandments, but it's because I'm actually wanting to live them yeah choosing to rather than i'm afraid it's it's your heart doing it You're exactly not, it's, i
2: feel like and you could tell me if this is completely off but on the mission i feel like common thing i always hear is i went on a mission because it's a commandment mm-hmm. and i follow the rules because it's a commandment my heart really wasn't in it at first until i learned to love those things yeah and do them out of my own free will very true mm-hmm. and that's when you actually find joy in work and it's probably relatable to life as well.
0: Exactly. And I think that's also been something that's been tough to accept is, wow, if I had known about this, Mm -hmm. my mission would have been so much better. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I'm grateful to learn it now rather than 50 years in the future. But to bring more awareness to it that these are things that are real that people struggle with
1: I think very much too. Um, I don't know if this was the same experience for you, but serving in Utah with mm-hmm. mission with members all around you, mm-hmm. you kind of put yourself on that standard because you want to be like the best missionary all these members have ever seen, right? But also, like all these members have a standard for you yeah. as a missionary. And to be the beacon and to be the one who's going to baptize their friend that's been taking missionary <laughs> for the last 15 years, you know? Like, I, I don't know. I think that even adds, like, a different layer to it. Because, are
2: we calling out Utah members? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'm it, a Utah member. No, it's, it's, a,
1: it's tough. Like, no, it's, I, it's a
2: culture thing. I really before,
1: yeah. before my president that I had came in, they had this book of, like, it was huge. It was called The Red Binder. And <laughs> it was just all these stupid rules, like, don't drink coke in public. Don't do this. Don't do that. And when my mission president came, he's like, we're not living the law of Moses, folks. Like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> we're going to go by the white handbook because that's what the brethren gave us. Anything outside of that, come talk to me if you are really struggling with whatever this means. Yeah. You know? And that's what how I feel like God is kind of telling us when we think of life like that mm-hmm. or when you are going through your scrupulosity. scrupulosity. Yeah. And I
0: think a really good mindset to adopt is that God is not looking for ways to punish us. Mm. That, why would he do that? He's just looking for ways to bless us and we don't have to be anywhere near perfect. We don't even have, hmm, I don't know if this is correct doctrine, but like, yeah, we don't have to be living the commandments for him to bless us. God wants to help us and it's when we don't care when we become prideful, think we're better mm-hmm. than God. That's where the real danger comes in. And God will humble you, so you <laughs> see it in the Book of Mormon <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. It's that's the type of person that should really be concerned. But the people that care, the people that want to live the gospel, like you're doing great.
2: It's it's the condition of your heart. Like that's that's what the scriptures teach us mm-hmm. i i'm really curious to to hear about your relationship with savior's grace mm-hmm. because i feel like i'm yeah, sure it's developed ask, it's developed over time but the savior's grace at least my understanding of it and i'm sure this is different from other people's is <laughs> i don't have to be perfect just like what we've been saying like if i try my best whatever that standard is for whatever person but if it's my best if i'm giving my heart to to god then his grace is going to, I don't know what the correct word is for that, but what is is your relationship now? What is your relationship to, or what was your relationship to the Savior's grace back then compared to what you feel like it is now?
0: It was back in the day, it was Christ suffered for me. So if I can do as little things wrong as I can, that's going to minimize his suffering, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people share that. Which
2: is crazy because you just said suffered in the past tense. Mm-hmm. And you're going mi- to minimize how much he's exactly. suffering.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's only till recently that I've started with adopting and changing that mindset and my belief in Christ's atonement and his mercy and grace. But it's very like atonement only for mistakes that are big. Like you have to do everything in your power and then Christ is gonna help you. Mm. But now it's a lot, it's so much healthier, but it's way different and way better to see, oh, I don't have to be perfect. Like I don't even have to, my best is the effort I'm giving in. I don't have to be better at this or better at that to qualify for his grace.
1: See, I think that's the word qualify. We always think yeah. we have to qualify him yeah. for his grace. Mm-hmm. There's no qualification
0: necessary. And you
2: said as long as I'm putting my full effort in, then then God's going to help me the rest of the way. But in reality, when you have that relationship with grace and with, with the Savior, he helps you to put that effort in. It's mm-hmm. not like you put that effort in and he helps you the rest of the way. But yes. he's there helping you put that effort in.
0: Mm-hmm. And any, any effort you bring is the best effort you can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That is the anxiety that Satan's saying, "Oh, you're not good enough. You need to work on this before you can qualify."
1: Yeah. See, okay. Can I just say that too? I think, I think this whole scrupulosity thing—maybe this is bad to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway—is <laughs> um, very much a tactic of Satan. Yeah. Because oh, I feel like 100%. if I hear one of 100%. like, like if somebody listening to this podcast is like an anti. Type They're gonna be like, well, that's religion like that's Mm. religion religion is making you feel this way and I think it's the complete opposite I think it's Satan's tactic to make you feel that way because Mm -hmm. in reality Church doctrine doesn't teach this in reality and it sounds like your parents aren't even the ones who are like Forcing you to be correct kind of this level of person you think you need to be right, Mm -hmm. but it's very much your own mentality that has kind of developed with satan's work together yes that you are just trying to train yourself to get out of yes god
2: god doesn't shame god does not shame people the savior doesn't shame people satan is the one that puts the shame into whatever action or whatever thought you're feeling
1: shame seems to be a word we always use on
0: every podcast
2: shame is a common thing
0: this is kind of this is for everybody that has scrupulosity out there but another thing that's hard with scrupulosity is, oh, you need to feel godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. Ah. And the problem is, is when you have scrupulosity, you don't know the difference. And so Dr. McClendon, the OCD therapist, she wrote two articles. And they're in uh, the, it's for the young adults. I forget what that magazine is called. But there's one called Understanding Scrupulosity, Religious OCD. And then there's another one, Discerning Your Feelings, Anxiety or the Spirit. Mm. And there's a chart. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. A really good chart that says anxiety versus the spirit. Anxiety is future-oriented, often gets generalized to other areas, gets progressively more intense and distressing. Uh, The feelings of anxiety, you're worried, unsettled, agitated, fear, panic, sense of crisis even for minor issues, Mm. impulsive, Confusion, don't know what to do, debilitating guilt or condemnation. But then the spirit is present-oriented, has a specific or narrow focus. You feel discomfort, but that's diminished with repentance and peace. And feelings, calm, even with feelings of dissonance. Urge to act or repent with purpose, thoughtful, emotional space to ponder. Clarity, you know what to do. And godly sorrow is the desire to improve and belief that it is possible. Mm. And so you're spot on. The anxiety, the scrupulosity, that's a tactic of Satan. He wants to create confusion. He wants to create anxiety. And that is something that's very important is to ask yourself, is this anxiety or the spirit? And it, it, it's hard at first because you're so used to it being anxiety. But as you think and ask yourself those questions, over time you learn, oh, that's my anxiety. Or, oh, I think that's the spirit because it feels this way and it feels different.
1: So you kind of work through it in your brain. Yeah. You kind of recognize it. You approach it in your brain and you say, what is this? Yes. And that's kind of how you get through mm-hmm. those urges or, yeah, I don't know the word. The obsession. Obsession. Yeah.
0: Oh,
2: the awareness. Awareness is everything, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's wow. that's awesome, and and we'll we'll attach that article link to the mm-hmm. show notes so everyone can access it. Because that sounds, I feel like I've come across that before, but that sounds like an awesome read. Yeah, I wanna I wanna dive into a little bit. We're all wise We're young single adults. We're YSA's living in Utah Valley, and the dating scene is is pretty much <laughs> all that anyone ever talks about. So I mean, we have a few more minutes together. I want to ask you a little bit about. Um, Go through what dating's been like for you. What has your experiences dating been like
0: Mm. so far since you've become aware of this? The awareness, I think, has just been super helpful of the different things, those obsessions that I have of I wake up, oh, did did my girlfriend text me? Oh, she didn't text me. I need to text her to see if she's okay or did I say something wrong? Just being aware of that helps a lot to know, okay, that's anxiety. It doesn't doesn't make it easier per se to sit with those feelings, Mm -hmm. but over time it's definitely helped. Like, okay, am I texting my girlfriend because I have anxiety about a situation? Like, if I feel hurt, am I gonna not text her because of that pain? Yeah. If I have anxiety, am I gonna text her because of that? Versus, would I do this if I didn't have anxiety mm. or if I didn't have those feelings?
2: Mm. So <laughs> I wanted I wanted to ask as well. The church's standards are relatively specific when it comes to dating, mm-hmm. especially before like a mission before mm-hmm. during high school but it, but even afterwards when when we're all in these young single adult wards and dating is a big part of life I want to ask specifically how do you cope with the church's standards yeah. and I know everybody yeah, good everybody question. is asking <laughs> and wondering about passionate kissing I feel like that's one of the, that's one of the biggest topics of debate when it comes to young right, single adult okay yeah, exactly. so <laughs> are, are you
0: guys ready for this? <laughs> It might blow your mind. I don't know. But I, th- I personally believe 99% of all the counsel that leaders of the church give is to people without scrupulosity. Because for me, my girlfriend, she was the first person I ever kissed. And when I kissed her triggered it mm. was my brain anxiety was flooded like you're going to go to hell for this this is going to lead to breaking the law of chastity mm. and Just yeah exactly and it was it was like you don't even want to kiss somebody because mm. of the possibility that it, it goes further and so
3: wow with yeah. that
0: dating it's like people with scrupulosity they don't have to worry about any of that stuff because... You don't have to worry about breaking the
2: law of chastity. Yeah, because
0: you're so afraid of everything Interesting. related to the gospel. And, and so for people that don't have it and that need the motivation, like I think the further strength of youth makes so much sense because there are real dangers that happen, and our bodies are so wired mm-hmm. to have those sexual feelings. But when you have scrupulosity, then it's kind of like... Shuts it all down. Work on clear. yeah, <laughs> work on your scrupulosity. Work on your OCD, and once you get that started to taking start taking care of that, then you can think about applying the things that yeah, the church yeah. leaders say. That's right. That
2: that makes sense. That makes sense. And I and I feel like I'm a hundred percent an advocate and and love the free strength of youth i feel like the the stuff especially about dating and sexual purity in there is amazing but the way that you just framed it and order it ordered it in your own life is is really cool there's some things that we all need to take care of before we Mm -hmm. can think about those things as well so we have we have a few more minutes like 10 more minutes left together but i wanted to ask so we mentioned earlier that you you did try out for the byu football team Uh
0: yes yes (laughs) i did i did
2: (laughs) I, I want to, because this sounds like scrupulosity, relationship OCD is very perfectionistic. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So how do you let yourself, I mean, you can tell the story, but how do you let yourself try these things where there's a high probability of failure?
0: Hmm. I think That's it comes, comes back to the, the kid with Crohn's. I just remember saying, I want to try out for the football team as a kicker. And then I think it's probably my grandpa that said, you're not going to do it and then like yes and so then I was like okay I'm gonna do it because I've never played football my whole life I've only ever played soccer (laughs) and so I was like alright I'm gonna do it (laughs) so I started practicing field goals and that was a ton of fun but then it started my back started hurting so bad and the like end of 2020 I decided hmm maybe I'll try punting so then I started punting and I was like wow this is way more fun (laughs) and Then I got here and saw they had tryouts and anxiety was high, but I was like, okay, well, what's the worst that happens? They say no, and if I don't try it, what's going to happen? They're going to say no because they don't know me, (laughs) and so I was like, all right, we'll give it a shot. (laughs) And I think that that was pretty cool because I was like, okay, I did something hard, and if I didn't try out, I would regret it. And so I just I talked myself through and said, You know what?
2: It's a risk I'm willing to take. That's such a great assessment to put on yourself is what's the worst thing to happen? They're gonna say no. What's if I don't do it, they're gonna say no because yeah. they don't know me. I love that. I love that. So <laughs> I wanna I wanna relate that a little bit to the gospel. So the church has standards and we're we want to be able to see our families and we wanna be able to be with God on the other side. What keeps you trying here Mm. in this mm. in this mortal existence with this perfectionistic mindset or something that you're yeah. that you're working through but like for people out there that might not have hope like why do you keep on attending church why do you keep on following the church's standards when you have all these thoughts going through your head
0: that's a great, that's a great question. question yeah i asked myself a similar question the other day and i think about it and it's like okay What's the worst that's going to happen? Like, if there is a being that is all powerful, why would I not want him involved in my life? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the benefit of me not involving him in my life? It's like, okay, yeah, if he's not there, then I was right. Great. What do you get for being right? Nothing. Nobody cares. But then if you're wrong, you miss out on so much of that relationship
3: yeah
0: and life is hard it sucks it's not easy why would i push away the best opportunity to get better in yeah. every aspect of my life
1: it's kind of like if you live your life in the accordance of the gospel and then you die and you find out nothing like all of it's not true like you lived a great life the yeah. service <laughs> of obedience of Virtue. loving people and caring for yourself and trying to be the best person you are, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a great mentality. What's to what's
2: helped you believe that there
0: is a Heavenly Father that's out there looking out for you? Sometimes I feel like, oh, this is just, this child's too much or whatnot. But going through Crohn's, I've really developed a lot of empathy for others. And it's helped me. Wait, why? Why? Because I've gone through Crohn sucks I don't recommend it 10 out of 10 don't <laughs> recommend it but just I've gone through so much pain because of it and when I have struggled I've prayed and been like heavenly father like uh, if you want, you can take this away but like at least help me gain a stronger testimony, testimony of the atonement and like feel that comfort and that's very much helped me in my life and then I look back and it's like, okay, I am grateful that I've gone through it because I'm so much more empathetic. When I see people struggling, then I'm able to think, wow, that sucks. Like, what do you need? How can I support you? Mm. And for God letting me go through that, it's like, yeah, it sucks. But because I have gone through it, it's defined who I am.
2: Mm. It's part of your identity. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and how has how has the the fact that the savior has gone through these same things that you've gone through in the first twenty something years of your life affected how you live your life now?
0: Hmm. Another great question. Another great question. With the haters, man. It's comforted me in knowing that no matter what I go through, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Because there have been times when it's when I felt like nobody knows the pain that I'm going through, which is tempting to believe, but it's like God loves us so much, he made it so that we don't have to go through anything alone. And that's been very comforting.
1: I feel like your your relationship with the Savior has definitely changed from this need to be perfect mentality that you mm-hmm. think is going to be pleasing to God Yep. but in reality it's detrimental to your relationship with God mm-hmm. um, and how do you think like for, for our listeners what do you think is one thing that has helped you get to that point
0: hmm. in my program experience design there's a book that we read out of and it's called Creative Confidence, and it talks about the fear of failure. And being okay, just being okay with failing, maybe even seeking after failure, it's scary to embrace that. I'm not not that good at it, but that mentality has helped me. Like, you don't have to do things perfect. Actually do it so it isn't perfect. Just take what you have and go for it. Mm. Because OCD really thrives in that control of the outcome in the situation, and it's very paralyzing because you don't even start anything unless you have it perfect. Mm. I I love
2: that. That's <laughs> that's right up my freaking wheelhouse. One of my one of my favorite one of my favorite books I've ever read is called *Failing Forward* by John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all about that that idea. It's awesome, awesome. So um, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, with our last question. Ooh. So, so Josh, tell us if you're to, I mean, I'm sure you do meet people that, uh, that are struggling with the same thing, but uh-huh. of all the things that you've gone through, with scrupulosity, with Crohn's, with um, relationship OCD, and the things that you continue to, to battle with and, and your journey through it, what thing do you want to bring into the light for those that might be going through the same thing right now?
0: Hmm, It's a great question. Yeah, we ask it every time. <laughs> <So good. laughs> every, every time we ask it, it just it's so good. I think the one thing that I would want, like I would want to address people with scrupulosity for sure because scrupulosity sucks and it's something that the gospel, like the counsel that we've received and stuff like that Is not meant for people with scrupulosity. And to know that you're not alone. There are other people that go through this. There is hope. You can overcome it, especially with Christ's help. But to be patient with yourself and be okay with not getting it right. And taking, you know, you have your journey. Be okay with that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live it perfectly.
3: Yeah. I
0: love that. Be okay with failure. Mhm.
2: I love that. That time. I do you want to say that again? You have your own journey.
0: Yeah. Okay. You have your own journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously though, it's you have your own journey and you there's no perfect journey. It's yours. You don't have to worry about living it perfectly. God's going to help you.
2: Give me some dude.
0: Bing mom. like a
1: core.
2: Uh, (laughs) We're definitely going to make that into a reel, I think. Do you have anything else,
1: Bray? No, I'm good. That was intense. Okay,
0: I have one more thing real quick. Yeah, please, please share. In that scrupulosity article, these are just questions that she asks. So if you're kind of thinking like, hmm, do I have scrupulosity? Maybe, maybe not. She says, do you constantly obsess about living the gospel the quote-unquote right way do you feel an urgency to repent for the same mistake or sin over and over again because you doubt whether you have repented, quote, properly? Do you feel perpetually guilty? She says, if so, you might be struggling with a form of obsessive compulsive disorder known as scrupulosity. Mm. So get help. It's worth it. Thank Trust you. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for coming with us today. of course doing this because i think it's really going to bless a lot of lives and i hope so we're grateful for all the different like points that we've hit today and like just the wide range of things that we talked about because i think it's going to be helpful to lots.
2: absolutely thanks so much josh we love you all if you found anything that's helpful in this episode or if anyone came to mind we encourage you to please share it with at least one person to help people out the principles that we talked in here talked about in this episode can help people of all sorts of different backgrounds, not only those that are struggling with scrupulosity or OCD in any way. Yeah. Anyways, we love you all, and we will see you
1: next week. Bye. Bye.